One of the most frequent questions we get asked is, where should students be learning in their homes? Should kids be studying in their beds? Should they be up late to complete an activity? Should they use this program rather than that program? There is never a one-size-fits-all solution or answer. But today, we offer some insights into ideas that have helped students make small shifts for big impact. This is episode 118, which is crazy, of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. We are Stephanie Pitts and Rachel Cap, laughing at you saying crazy. <laughs> and we both have practices ready and available to work with you virtually. You do not have to be local to us in Redondo Beach or Beverly Hills in order to work with one of the fabulous clinicians at Maya Therapist or CAP Educational Therapy Group. Additionally, we wanted to thank our listener who posted this recent review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast has been such an amazing source of knowledgeable information as we navigate school and COVID homeschool with our kids. I don't know what I'd do without Rachel and Stephanie. Thank you so much to our listener who posted that review. Email us so we know who you are at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. And we would love it if you other smarties out there would go ahead and give us a review on Apple and go ahead and hit five stars as well. (laughs) Yeah. So let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast hi smarties welcome to episode 118 of learn smarter the educational therapy podcast i'm rachel cap and i'm stephanie pitts and today our plan is to answer the question of what it should look like where students should be in their home environments and i'll say that this is not a question that we get exclusive to the COVID-19 pandemic situation. We get this question a lot. The majority of parents that are asking because, frankly, the parents are uncomfortable with where their kids are choosing to do their homework. I mean, I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. We were not allowed to do homework on our beds ever. But like Steph said in the intro, there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. And we'll start by just saying... Oftentimes, the battle of where homework is being done is not the first battle you want to fight with your learner. Mm -hmm. But it's like spelling, I think, stuff in that that's one of the big triggers for parents is things that are misspelled. And we always say that's step 11. Yeah. Usually there's a million other things going on that we need to actually deal with first. Mm -hmm. And it's almost the same for this question. Wouldn't you agree? You know, for some kids... It might be where you start, but for a lot of kids, it's not going to be. So I really encourage you to listen to the list of things and see what resonates or what might get your kid excited. And if it excites them, that's going to be a step in the right direction. I think we should start with the questions to ask yourself when you're questioning what's going on with your kid. The first is, how many things are you asking your child to change at once? What is the priority? Will your child listen to you? And if not, who will they listen to? What's the goal you want to set? Looking at overall goals of how you want things to function rather than just offering solutions and demanding changes, because you've probably been doing that. I think it's human. We do that in our relationships. 100%. You hit a frustration level. Yes. And I get it. Fair enough. But it's not working, right? And you recognize that. So 
let's take a step back and figure out what the goal really is and take aim again. So now that we've sort of set the stage and the framework of questions to think about before asking for big change, because changing where students work is a big change. I was just going to say, think about for a second when your elementary school child comes home and said, they changed our seats today. Right. And it's a big deal. Yes. Putting that into perspective about where their workspace is at home is just, I want you to think about that and work on it together. Right. So the first thing you want in an ideal world is to set a devoted workspace free from distraction. It's generally during COVID times, not in the same room as the parent who's doing their work. That's not always feasible, depending on the age of your child. For a lot of kids, they can't be independently responsible. Yeah. But if your kid is at an age where they can independently function, they can attend to a timer or their phone and show up, so to speak, where they need to show up. The parent not being in the room is ideal, especially for those older kids. The second thing is a clean workspace. Yes. So that they can focus. A clean workspace, what we mean by that is not just like taking the wipes COVID free. We're talking about free from all the things in one spot. They don't need all the supplies. They don't need 50,000 pencils and erasers. And while it might give your child some comfort, it's actually going to be noise that's just going to get in the way. So free from all the things that they're not going to need right now. I've definitely shared this story before. In high school, I would often go to the local public library because I really loved those big open tables from when I was studying. Oh, yeah. And another thing that I really liked about it was that there was only two-hour parking. We live in L.A., This is everywhere in our lives. There's no such thing as unlimited parking. And so I had a time out and a hard time out that I had to pack up and leave by. And that is great for students who are trying to increase their productivity. A hard time out is really important. So having that clean, open workspace, I mean, Steph, I've done it. I did it when we were writing episodes. There was a time that we were like bulk writing a bunch of episodes Mm -hmm. and I went to the library and busted it out. Yeah. There's no other distractions. And it's beautiful there. I miss the library. Yeah, someday. It'll come back, you guys. It will. Yeah. A set schedule for little guys, that's recess time, snacks, breaks. For older kids, you want them to know what they're capable of doing. Are they going to be able to focus for a half an hour, an hour? Some kids can do two hours. What is their time limit? So helping them understand that and setting a schedule that's going to give them the proper going to the bathroom break, the proper sustenance break, the movement breaks, and making sure that you have that time that's set aside for here's the schoolwork time and here's the homework time. Because a lot of the kids are going to have to do schoolwork at home and still get homework. So making sure that that's really clear and structured is going to be really helpful for a lot of kids. When you have older kids, you also ideally don't want them to distract each other. Mm -hmm. So with older kids, separate rooms is definitely powerful. And you want to make sure that they have only the supplies they need, not the supplies they want. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a lot about how learners will want all the things. It's comforting to have all the things, right? It's comforting to have all the things. But, you know, we're recording this in mid-August and I'm working with a lot of my clients right now on prepping for school. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're talking about is there is not a need right now, or really ever, for 15,000 pencils. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. You're at home. Exactly. The pencil. And you're mostly virtual. <laughs> yeah. And if you need a pencil, make it have a home. Mm-hmm. That home is where the pencil lives. Pencils don't walk on their own, right? It should live there. <laughs> and should it just stay there so that you can, you know where it is and you can always use it. The other thing with the separate rooms is not sharing devices. Yes, we talked about this in an episode that's upcoming. We actually recorded it yesterday with our friend Mary. Hi, Mary. That'll be episode 120 where, Steph, you really emphasized, and I think you were spot on, like devices for each kid in the house so that there's not one kid who gets the better thing. Now, Uh, yeah, we recognize the privilege of some families to be able to offer that. You have one device that's better than the other. Maybe they rotate. Maybe it's one week on, one week off. Whatever it is, just set the expectations so that it's clear, so that there's no fighting. That's what you want to alleviate is the fighting. Make sure that they also have noise-canceling headphones, right? When they're doing those Zoom classes, they don't need to have all the distractions and have everything going on. And you don't need to hear everything that's going on because you're probably working. So headphones for everybody. Next, we're a big fan of timers. There have been so many episodes where we've talked about timers. In episodes 109 and 115, he shared with us about these amazing timers. So you can go back into the show notes of those episodes. He focused on 109, if I'm correct, that we talked about those cube timers. Mm -hmm. And go ahead and grab some timers so students can physically see how much time is going to pass. So those are just a few of our ideas, suggestions. And as we always say, do one thing. Yes. Don't do all the things because we want you to have success with the goals that you have in your house and in your home. And then please have some grace and compassion for yourselves as this is unprecedented what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And we are all doing the best we can. Yeah. Have a great week. Have a great week, Smarties.